Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator, and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Let the learning begin. Welcome back to the School of Wellbeing podcast. Today, you are in for a real treat. In this episode, I chat with Jamie Usher. Jamie is the host of the Mind Trady podcast, and he's a school counsellor that works with high school students with complex and challenging behaviours. Jamie works full-time and studying to be an accredited psychologist all at once. However, back in 2010, Jamie's life looked completely different to the life he leads today. In 2010, Jamie was a tradie. He would spend his lunchtime surfing and his evenings training in the gym, preparing for his next kickboxing fight, until he started to notice that he was having trouble seeing the numbers on his screen and his measuring tape. Jamie went on to find that he had a very rare optic nerve condition, so within three months, he lost 90% of his vision. Jamie has 10% of his vision and he says that losing his vision is what helped him to see clearly for the very first time. In this conversation, we discuss the beliefs that hold us back and the beliefs that help us move forward, how waking up early has transformed his life, the power of hard work and commitment, how Jamie juggles work, parenting and study and so much more. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Jamie Usher. Jamie, welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I am so excited to have this conversation. I first came across your work months ago when I was doing some research around Dr. Tom Brunzel and you had him on your podcast and I got really curious about you and your story and ever since I've been following your work on Instagram and every time I see your face pop up in my feed, I'm like, Boom, energy that just comes out and excitement about life. So I'd love to know from you, Jamie, what got you so excited about this idea of being the mind tradie? That's a great question. For so long, I was, uh, I guess, a suppressed version of myself, looking back on certain times of my life. And I and I learned how to bring my true self out in whatever way. And, and, and I and I'm forever doing that. Like I, I haven't like reached a point on that and that's it. Like I'm forever finding ways to bring more of myself out and enjoy who I am and enjoy life. And I realized I've actually got an energy and I've got a motivation and I've got a, a good knack for helping other people do the same thing, uh, whether it's whether it's in a work setting, a school setting, whether it's just people that I might meet randomly, whether it's, I guess, friends. Uh, yeah, I, I just... I love doing. I'd love doing that kind of stuff, and particularly when when I yeah I've got I guess somewhat of a, a skill, and I'm I'm uh, refining my skills by studying that I'm doing that kind of stuff. But I guess what it comes out of like, the mind trading particularly comes out of the fact that say what are we now uh, to the twenty two in in two thousand and ten I was still a tradesman. I still was running my own business as a tradesman. Uh, and then I was uh, struck with a vision impairment where I, I lost most of my vision. And so I've only got uh, 10% vision now. But I guess combining both those things, like being a, being a tradesman and then also having a skill to kind of help people grow and help myself grow and build our minds and that kind of stuff, I just, 
I figured, you know what, I'll I'll uh, I'll start becoming a mind trader. <laughs> so that's kind of where that came from. And I yeah, I just like I love it so much. Like I I love getting more out of my own life. I definitely love um, when people kind of resonate with what I say in some way, or if I say you know, on my, on the podcast, whatever it is, I might have guests on when other people resonate with what they say. Like being able to connect people in with some kind of better life is. It's so energizing, as, as you would know as well, Meg. It's just it's one of the most energizing things that we can do. That's why I just I just love it so much. Yes, and I can feel your energy now just talking about it, just how lit up you are by life. And I'd love to know from you, Jamie, have you always been lit up by life? I think you know what? I, I think I have in in for most of my life in some way. Although though I have experienced times where I've been also like I, I have experienced other times where I've been incredibly down. But then even my version of being down is still somewhat energised, as in like I will still find a way through that feeling down and sometimes it has been times in my life where I've been incredibly incredibly depressed through things that have happened and that kind of stuff, but I still found a way to be active and energised. Yeah, even at the hardest times of my life, like say when I was losing losing my vision, I went through a really tough time when I lost my business and or I had to give up my business, give up the give up driving and and I used to be a kickboxer as well, so I had to give up fighting in the ring. Even through that time, I still found a way to somehow put out energy to the world, uh, whether it's through exercise, whether it was through I don't know starting to write a book when I did ten years ago or twelve years ago. Uh, like there was just a, there was a still a, a still little spark in me that I that I that I held on to. I guess yeah. There's been times where it's been not as not as bright this spark, <laughs> or not as as uh, as a stronger fire as what it is now. But it was still burning, and I I feel extremely fortunate to have that. Like and even in times in my life where times were tough, like very tough, that for me to still have a spark. That's not that's not normal, I guess, for a lot of people, um, and I and I feel so fortunate to have that, and so that's why I like to share. That to maybe that you can use some of my energy, have my have some of my energy, if, if for some reason you, you don't have you don't have some, or you don't you don't feel that you've got enough at the moment, or or um, you want to get more out of your own body, you want to get more energy out, have some of mine. I, I guess even in, in primary school. And more primary school than high school, I probably would have been, today I would have been diagnosed maybe with ADHD. High school settled down a little bit. So I've always had something. So whether it was a uh, like just a natural energy or whether it was, to be honest, there's the, there's the potential that my, that my energy is me being good at using my anxiety. And I just good at using it. I know how to, I know how to function with it. I've gotten, I've gotten good at using like a, an energy that um, can hold some people back. Um, and I've just got good at using it. Well, good at mo- most of the time, I've got good at using it. Sometimes it holds me back and I get a bit, not as much energy. Most of the time, I'm functioning quite well. I've got a lot of energy and I've got a lot of motivation. So, yeah, to answer your question, a long winded answer was yes, but I think most of the time I have good energy. <laughs> yeah, I just love that spark. And I get so curious when I hear about your story when you were fighting in the ring you're a tradie, you had your own business, and then you got the news about the, your vision and that your vision was going to change over a period of time. Can you take us back to that and what that was like? So, yeah, 2010, around August, September 2010, I noticed that 
when I was doing the banking on on my computer for, for my business or doing drawings for because I was a glazier, I was having to draw up drawings for showers and, and this kind of stuff. I noticed that um, I was having to zoom in quite a lot on my computer, like week every week, every week or every few days. I'm having to zoom in. I'm like, what's what's going on? And then it got to a point where I'm like, I've got to see someone about this. And uh, and then, you know, I went to an optometrist, sent me on to someone else, and a more of a specialised eye doctor. And then uh, and then I went to see a, a neurologist. And then, kind of long story short, we found out that uh, through a blood test, I had a condition where. I was literally losing my vision and it wasn't a, a thing that they could reverse and it wasn't a thing that they could fix by glasses. It's an it's a, um, optic nerve condition where within a few months generally, and it's generally males that get it, some, some females can get it, but mostly males, and generally in their mid-20s it will start to happen and they'll, you, can lose, um, yeah, you can lose between 50 and, say, 90% of your vision within a few months, uh, three, to, three to six months. So that's, that's kind of what happened. So yeah, within a few months, I'd lost the ability to drive, and then I yeah, I had to give up my business. Couldn't even read a tape measure anymore, which was, which is the scary one because I'm like, like I, I can't even do my job properly anymore the same way. I guess it's similar to a teacher if you were teaching and you would like, you couldn't write what you see what you're writing on the board, or you couldn't read your your students um, your students work. It would make it make it pretty tough to be a teacher. So yeah, I guess since since then I've like I've been able to figure out. Well, early on, I figured out that I needed to get a job. I needed to find employment in some way that didn't require vision the same way, I guess, being a tradesman did. And then, to be honest, back, back in the day, I didn't really know what that was going to be. I had no idea. I just knew I needed to find a job where vision wasn't <laughs> yet like a, a, a standout requirement. And that might sound odd to people, but I guess like uh, working on a computer Back in the day, probably not a good thing. So you know, or working, working, um, working on a job site or in construction, not really going to, not really going to work that way. So, um, I, I someone someone mentioned to me that I should uh, go and do a TAFE course, which was like working with people in a community. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give that a shot. I need something to do, and that's what I started to do. And then I finished that, and it was through doing this community development diploma. It was called. I, I started to uh, realize that I liked working with people, particularly young people. Yeah, from then, which was about 20, 2013, I started working youth services in, in the Frankston area. And then I uh, got a job in a high school. And then ever since, yeah, about 2013, 2014, I've been working in a high school here. Um, so, yeah, I've been able to change change what I do and uh, as in like change change my career depending on what happened to me, like. I, I found a job working with young people in a well-being space uh, that didn't necessarily require vision. Like, I, I, it's great to have vision when you're talking with people, but when I talk with people and I sitting across from them in a, I don't know whether in, a, in an office, out of an office, like I, you don't have to be able to see everything to know what's going on. You just got to listen. And so, luckily, uh, that's what I've kind of been able to fall into in some way. I, I fell into it, but I realised that it's actually probably my greatest passion so far is working working with people like being able to help people get the most out of who they are in some way in whatever way obviously everybody's different it's, i found i guess in some ways by accident but it's been my greatest passion so far i loved more, what i was doing as a tradesman like i loved it so much like being in my mid-20s not having a boss being able to put the surfboard in the back of the car working down in Mornington peninsula working great houses working with great people as in like the clients um, doing my own thing like I love that 
which is great. That was a good experience that I had, but this is what I love doing now. There's so much of your story that just makes my heart sing in the sense that who would have thought all those years ago when you had your own business, when you're out there surfing, feeling like you're living the dream, you've got life sort of sorted, to think that you'd be on this path now? There was just, there was no way I would have ever even thought this was a thing. I had never thought about working with people. I'd never thought about working with young people or like anybody at all. I just, like I, I'd, I'd been on my own journey of, uh, I guess, self-development from a, a, a real, I guess, early age, not, not necessarily like a deliberate, I need to do this kind of a decision. It was just like a, just a natural path that I took, just maybe because I had an inquisitive mind and I realised that, I guess, the way that I grew up, how I was feeling, maybe wasn't, didn't really match either how I wanted to be or what I knew I could be and I kind of forever forever but I, I started on a, a journey yeah but around the age of 16 is when that journey really took off to me becoming more of who I w- wanted to be but there was never a stage like um, say when I was a tradesman that I'm like oh I'd really like to work with other people it was, it was never a thing that kind of came up so yeah, I'm glad it happened and, and it was probably to be honest the only way it would have happened because I just I'd never thought about it so I, if, if I didn't lose my vision I could still just be a tradesman as in not just a tradesman, but what I mean by is like I, I may not be working with other people. I may not have started studying to become a psychologist. So like it may never have had it, <laughs> may never have happened. So um, if if that had to happen for, for me to realize where what I want to do and where I want to go, well, I'm I'm glad it happened. It is so fascinating how sometimes our most formative experiences are ones we would never invite, we would never put our hand up for, and yet they're the ones that really show us who we are and where we want to go. Experience with me losing my vision, I've only positive feelings to it. Only positive feelings to it. I have no, I have no and 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 never did in any way whatsoever did I ever say why me. It was like I had this natural understanding that it was happening for a reason. And to be honest, I've never said why me about anything, but particularly this. It helped me through experience that I had in childhood, experiences I had in, in teenage years and whatever, whatever was happening, say, in my younger, my younger adult life, losing my vision helped me put everything together and understand it better. And one of the things I say to people is why I, I guess, lack of a better word right now is enjoyed it so much, enjoyed the experience of losing my vision so much in a, in a lot of ways is because it helped me see better than ever. So losing my vision helped me see better than ever. So the more vision that I lost, I was able to see other things better in my life. And so looking back at my life, understanding my family, understanding my, well, trying to better understand my family and parents and my upbringing and all that kind of stuff. So if, if I didn't lose my vision, I may, not have, may never have had that kind of understanding that I do now. So it, it is literally the best thing that has ever happened to me, like on, a, on an individual basis like a self-development kind of basis isn't that interesting to think losing your vision is what's helped you see i find that absolutely fascinating what are you starting to see now that you didn't see back in the day the journey at the start of of understanding having say there was like a two two year period where i wasn't working and i couldn't find work this is prior to me starting at, at starting at tafe back in the day there was like a yeah eighteen month to two year period where I, I couldn't do anything, and all I was doing was just walking each day. That's about, that's about all I was doing, just walking or trying to look for jobs and all this kind of stuff. It gave me a lot of time to reflect, do my best to understand, I guess, experiences I had when I was younger, why 
people, why certain people might have done certain things and uh, what what led them to do that or what led them to feel that way that they thought that was okay. Just so, just that that kind of understanding. But I guess the the main the main kind of awareness and I guess better vision in some way that you'd say is that particularly in the last five or so years uh, is I've been able to see that like I was really limiting like my belief on myself uh, and I guess my belief system that I had I've been able to kind of become aware of was a belief system that was formed uh, through experiences that I guess other people put me in or a belief system that was formed by what other people, how they treated me, how they loved me, how they respected me. And in some ways that wasn't always that great about, I guess, and a belief system, what I'm saying there is that what I deserve, what I can achieve, how I can perform, you know, what I deserve in life, all that kind of stuff. A belief system that was formed around other experiences that I'd like, yeah, in some, in some, in sometimes I had no, no, um, no choice but to be a part of. So one of the things, particularly that I, yeah, in the last five years or so, is I've been able to question, question everything, question how I believe that way, why I believe that way, and how I can improve it. And so I guess, yeah, when when I uh, what I like to attribute uh, particularly to the mind trade is that building building our minds. So I guess I used to build, uh, you know, kitchens and bathrooms with glass and glazing splashbacks and showers and make it all look nice, that kind of stuff. But I'm now doing that with firstly my mind, and now I want to try and do that with other people as well. But that's that's the thing. You know, one of the mo- main re- main teachings from my experience, particularly in the last five years, is the belief system. And, and that's been, yeah, the, the most significant thing. And evaluating the belief system, evaluating it, and and basically, in some ways, smashing it down and and rebuilding it. Because uh, I, yeah, I had a belief system about myself, about the world, about how other people were going to treat me, what I was going to get out of life, and all this kind of stuff, formed around, I guess, experiences that I'd had when I was younger that weren't, weren't always positive. And uh, as I said, uh, the way people treated and loved me and all that kind of stuff, that's what my belief system was built on. And I'm like, I, I, I don't want to continue living like this. I want to, as I said, I'll smash it to the ground and build a new one. So that's the most significant things I've learned. Oh, the visual that's coming to my mind is like having a really old sort of crappy kitchen. Doesn't really work. The drawers are on the wrong side. It's just out of date. And you've just come through and you've smashed it apart and like, hey, I don't need to have that drawer there. I could have that. Or I could have this there. And oh, I don't want it like that. I can do this. And I love the idea that we can build our mind that we can be the architects of our future, that we can look at our foundations and say, oh, is that holding me? Is that really what I need anymore? And what do I choose moving forward? And that's what I love about what you bring to the world is you're bringing people along the journey of greater awareness. What choices are you making? How are you showing up? Don't be limited. I hear your story and think, you know, you've done a psychology degree. You're currently studying your honours. And I think, gosh, how hard would that be with a vision impairment? Some people wouldn't even attempt psychology anytime. Like, wouldn't even, like, I'm, I'm not sure what the Jamie would think years ago if you would be going to university doing a college, you know, doing a university degree and then to attempt it with a vision impairment. So what do you think has helped you say, yeah, I can do this and I am going to do this? I evaluate what I want to do strongly. Like, I, I evaluate goals like I don't just come up with like I want to do this I want to do that like 
if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's, that's it. I'm going to put everything into it. So when I made the decision back in, say, I think it was 20, yeah, 2013, I said, I think I want to take my youth work a bit further. I want to, I want to study psychology. But when I say that, I don't, I don't just say it lightly. It means, no, I'm, I'm going to do that and there's, there's nothing that's going to get in my way. Uh, I think I'm really fortunate to have that. That's also another, I guess, thing that I like to try and help people with. Like when you make decisions on what you want to do, take it, take it seriously. But yeah, I guess to kind of answer your question around like how how maybe I would have perceived it back in the day, like there's no way going going to um, <laughs> going to a university to do a degree. Uh, there was there was just no way. Like I, I, not not no way that I didn't I, that I thought oh no I, I couldn't do that, but it just didn't even pop into my mind. Like in high school, I was horrendous. I was a really bad student. I was I was one of the students that I work with now high level bad behaviors <laughs> or not turning up to school and just being so disengaged or through no self-belief, no self-worth, no self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. There was just no way. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought about going to um going to university anyway. I'd like it just didn't even pop into my head. But the thing is now it's like it was it was connected to for me to have a proper future. Like I needed to go to university. I needed to Oh, so I didn't just feel average because I don't, I don't like just feeling like I'm just going through the motions and I'm and I've got a like a, a job and I'm just and that's it. Like I, I was speaking to you before, like I don't I don't just want to be working in a school and that's it. I like to aspire to I guess as much as I can do. So when I was when I started to be uh, working in a high school as my first job uh, after um, having a vision impairment, I'm like after I, I did it for twelve months, I'm like oh, I'd like to take this a bit further. So okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll go to do my psych degree, and then I'm like, what do I need to do to make this happen? Well, I need to I need to start <laughs> looking at what's required and all this kind of stuff. How do I how do I um, try to get in and get help doing all this kind of stuff? And it was just like there was there's nothing there that was going to go. Oh, I can't do that. No, I I have to make it happen some somehow. I'm going to make it happen. I've never written really. I've never really written a proper assignment before. Well, to a I guess a university standard at least. But I that can't get in the way. I have to make it happen. I just what happens is with me. Another thing, as I said, I'm really I feel fortunate to have is my my heart knows I need to do something. And two things will happen there after that is nothing will get in. The way of me making that happen, but I will also be willing to do whatever I need to do to make it happen. Yeah, I'm fortunate to have that kind of outlook, that kind of mindset, uh, and so I just, I guess, try to use that to to the most that I can. Uh, and I think I'm doing that now. I think I'm doing that, uh, particularly in the last couple of years where I've taken on, you know, taken on study. I'm working full time. I started a podcast. I've got, I'm married. I've got a daughter. Like I pretty much to the max at the moment. But I, I really, I really like that to be at the max and feel good about it you know I really think there's a difference between going to bed at the end of the day and feeling tired and just over it feeling almost resentful and bitter that you just had another day of doing stuff that you don't want to do compared to when you go to bed and you're that tired but happy like I had a crack today I feel good today that's one of the main differences I think that I think uh, I, I I'm sure that you experience this too. Like when you're connected to, I guess, a career or connected to life in some way where you get to create something, whether it's a on social media, whether it's podcasts or what you're doing with your creating those programs. Like that's so cool to be able to connect to life in that way. We're not just, we're not just turning up and just being average, which is like, it's fine for people to do that if that's what they 
that's what they're okay with. But if we if we want a bit more out of life, like it's so cool to be able to connect in, it, in that way, and that is so energizing. Like I, I love that so much. Like one of the one of the things I noticed, particularly in the last couple of years, although I've been the the busiest, is that I like I'm so energized. Like I, I love getting up early, although it's it is hard. Particularly when you haven't done it in a little little while after you've been on long school holidays, Christmas time, it, it's so energizing. I just love that. I love being able to connect to life in that way. Even when I was a tradesman, the thing that I liked being able to do a good job in what I was doing, and then having say uh, word of mouth to be able to get me more work. But it was being able to to do well in what I'm doing that created more work for me, and and you know it wasn't just like a, an average. I don't want to say an average person as in like there's there's anything wrong with just having a nine to five job, but if it doesn't suit you, it doesn't suit you. And so I like, like I liked being able to connect in to, to the world in that way where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do well and then people are going to talk about, I guess, how well I'm doing and then uh, or not how well I'm doing, but how good a job I did and then that will get me more work. Being able to connect to work in that way, like to the world in some way, I just love it so much. It's so, so energising to me. It can be scary, but I just, it's so energising. Yes, I love that you bring up that point, scary, because it is scary because there's a part of us that does like the familiar, does like the predictable, but then there's also a part of us that always yearns for growth, for the next level. And I remember when I was younger, and you may connect with this, my brother used to tell me, Meg, don't settle. If you get to a point, if it's a relationship, if it's a workplace, whatever it is, if you're feeling uncomfortable and you're just going through the motions, don't stay there. Uh, and I guess similar to that, uh, the the analogy you used before about the kitchen, some people might be okay with having uh, an old kitchen, a kitchen that might have broken cupboards, it might have, you know, just just look might look old and probably boring and crappy. But then I, what I try and put out to the world and what I've definitely done it with myself is stand in your kitchen and go, is this what I really want? Is this what I can really get? Is, can I get more than this? And if you know that you can, you can have this great looking kitchen, like <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> like stone bench tops, a great oven, and like all, all the awesome stuff that you want. Well, why not go out and get that? That's what I try and bring to the world is if you can get more, we'll get more. If you're okay with the kitchen that you've got, great. But if you want more, well, there's always a way to get more. There is always a way, no matter what. If you get that feeling you need more out of life in some way, whatever it is, there are no barriers that you can't get either get through or get over. Or if there's a, an understanding you want more, if there's an understanding you need more, if you've got that will to make it happen, there's, there's always a way. Yes, Jamie. And your grit is just absolutely shining through. And I think it's something that a lot of us need to cultivate this real integrity and the ability to listen to what that voice is saying. Hey, I want to feel fitter or I actually want to get a good quality night's sleep or I've always talked about doing that fun run, but going beyond that flirting stage and making a commitment for yourself to do something for yourself and what you really want to do and then taking action to get there. That, that's exactly what it is. I, I, I like doing that kind of stuff. I think maybe as I grew, I saw people do the opposite of that. They weren't really connected in, to life in that way. They, they didn't really aspire to have more. To be honest, they were probably worried with what they had and they were worried in some way that they, they couldn't get any more. 
And I saw my mum worried about certain things. I saw, you know, I saw other people worried about certain things, just living a certain way that was just like, they're not getting the most out of themselves. They're like they're not even on a path that is anywhere near that, probably because they didn't think it's possible at all. So they just, they were just not necessarily content. Uh, and I guess that's what sparks my love of change, <laughs> if, if it's required. Yes. And that idea that change can begin with going to bed early. Change can begin with waking up and going for a walk or change could begin with if you're flirting about doing further study, reach out to the university, see what's available, see what options are out. Taking the next step, taking that next bit of courageous action to move forward. Mm. If your mind is giving your thoughts of, oh, maybe you should do this or maybe we should start this or maybe we should get more here, take note of that, like that value that. That's, it's, it's probably true connecting you to what is ultimately going to make you happier for the next you know little bit of time you know that's that's your next goal that's your your next thing you should do like don't ignore that it should be valued and followed it, it doesn't mean that the first thing that pops in your head you have to do but if something kind of keeps coming up you should listen to it it's probably exactly what you need to do it's there for a reason yeah, we're not exactly. getting these whispers constantly on repeat for nothing be listeners who are thinking man Jamie's got a wife, he's got a child, he's working full-time and he's studying. So, Jamie, how do you do it? Generally, the best thing I've been able to bring into my life that's been able to help me manage all this is getting up early. Getting up early, what that requires is going to bed early. And then I guess what that requires is sacrificing things that people haven't really questioned sacrificing, like not watching a movie at night time, not watching that crappy TV show at night time that you don't really need to watch, like sacrificing these things to then go to bed early, to then get up earlier. And then I've got nearly two hours prior to me even starting my job of to do whatever the hell I want to do. And and um, the other thing is I can generally have this time prior to my wife and daughter waking up in the morning. So, yes, it is hard, but it's the way I want to do it. And to be honest, it's the only way, really way I can do it. Getting up early has been probably the most significant thing I've been brought in, I've brought into my life to be able to actually help things come into action and enable me to have enough time to do these things properly. Actually, this year I've decided <laughs> I've decided to get up Monday to Fridays at least. I'm going to start getting up at three thirty and starting next Monday as well. So it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. So I have to be in bed basically by about eight eight fifteen, and then in, like at the latest, hopefully sleep by about uh, nine. Uh, and then if I get it, see, it's, it's once you start doing it, it becomes a bit easier because when you get up at, say, four even, like it gets to the night time the next night and you're pretty tired. So it does get a bit easier to get go to sleep. So that's what I'm doing this year, though. I want to add a bit of, uh, about another half an hour, an hour every morning to get even more time because I just I want to get even better uni marks than what I got last year. I did okay, but I, I, I need to do I need to do even better. But, yeah, to, to answer your question, like basically how to do it is getting up early and then, as I said, like what that means is is sacrificing certain things. Like, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's easy because I'm um, like I'm I'm 37. I don't really have much of a social life now. Like, I mean, who really does due to COVID? But I mean, like, uh, like there's certain things that I do each day. Like, I go to work, I study, I spend time with my daughter, I'll exercise. Uh, and other than that, like I don't have to sit and watch TV unless it's a weekend. Maybe I'll watch a movie or something like that. But I, these things that I don't, I don't do during the week. I don't, I don't waste my time with anything. I spend it on the things that I, I know will actually help me. 
But the yeah, the other thing is that maybe I'm a bit abnormal in some ways. When I make that decision, that's it. That's it. I'm going to study. I'm going to get up early. It's not necessarily easy, but I'm going to at least make it make it happen. However, I can. Sometimes I I go off track a little bit, but I'll, I'll always bring it back in. But yeah, getting getting up early is the thing that I've been able to bring into my life. Has been one of the most significant uh, significant things to just open up open up more time, but also. I'm connecting to the world in the best way that I probably ever have when I get up early. I think it like on a, even on a spiritual level, I'm connected to the world. It's like it's it's got it's like because the world the world is quieter, and therefore therefore I can connect to it in a, in a different way. Like I could be walking the dogs at the time in the morning when I first get up, and I just just love it. I love it so much. Or or I could be studying, or I could be doing work. whatever I do. I'm doing it doesn't doesn't really matter. I just love it, and I think that's my time. Doesn't mean that everybody has to get up early, but some people might be more of a nighttime person, and that's fine. But it just means that maybe when other people are uh, watching TV or you know wasting time doing things that they don't really need to be doing, well, you're working on what you need to work on. It could be your two-hour study time. So however you need to do it, that's that's fine. But mine was getting up early. Yes, Jamie, I'm with you. There is nothing better than being out just before the sun rises. There's a little bit of light. There's a freshness in the air. It's quiet. There's no one else around. And there is that sort of connection to self because the noise of everybody else's needs is gone. It is just you and space. And something that I've done recently is I get up early to read because I was noticing that I had these books that were just banking up one after the other of all these books that I had to read for podcasts coming up. And I just didn't get around to reading them. And I also know about myself that I can't read those books at night because then I can't sleep because my mind gets really excited and just goes on a whole other tangent. And so to get up early now and to have a full hour of reading, it is such a joy. So the time the kids get out of bed, I feel so full and connected to self and what's important to me. I've learned something. I've exercised. I've had some quiet time and ready for the day. Mm. And the other thing I really like about like the kind of that kind of thing you're talking about as well is just like the other thing that I we can connect to that I particularly like connecting to is doing something that not everyone will do. Not everyone is willing to get up early. I mean, not everyone is willing to get up as well as early as what I am. Uh, but I, I like that. I get a buzz out of that because, as, as I said to you, that for most of my life I was particularly prior to me losing my vision. In my in my teens and in my in my twenties, I was a suppressed version of myself, and this helps me feel the opposite. I feel that I'm I'm doing what I can to get the most out of myself, and I, I like that buzz that I'm that I'm doing something that that I know is tough, but I know what that's going to attract if I'm willing to do what I know is hard or what I feel is hard. I just like I really get a buzz, particularly with wanting to be successful. Like you read most of the uh, well, most of the successful people I know, whether I'm following them on on social media or read their books, most of them that I had connected with, uh, they, they say get up early. Uh, like there's just one man, particularly Dr. Eric Thomas, who I just is the most inspiring person to me I think ever. His was getting up early, and then he first started start off saying get up at four, and now he gets up at three. So that's why I've said 3.30 because I'm just in between. <laughs> but I just, like, I get so inspired by that kind of stuff. So like, I, I love connecting to something that helps me get the most out of myself. I, and it helps me not regret that time or get over the regret of that time where I, I wasn't getting the most out of myself. Yeah, and having space to think. 
I think that's really underrated in our society these days that most people's lives, there's no space to think, to take a thought right to the end. It is just noise, noise, noise in reaction to everybody else's needs. And so to carve out time to think is such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you, yeah, if you were to get up and say, get up, get up on your phone or just, you know, go on social media, it's probably not the most productive thing. But if you just, just get up, some people meditate, which I like doing. As I said, I like um, exercising or taking a dog for a walk. Just, just get up. And yeah, in that quiet time, as you say, there's something so special about it, particularly in this day and age. Uh, one of the other things that I think is really, uh, really cool that I've been able to connect to and bring into my life is not just the extra time that I have, but how much more prepared it makes me feel. And therefore, being more prepared totally lessened anxiety when I do it. For whatever reason, I used to think there wasn't maybe enough time in the day or I felt unprepared or whatever it was. And getting up early has really helped, like significantly reduce anxiety, significantly, probably the most significant uh, reducer of anxiety I've come across so far. Well, that is so interesting to think about when you give yourself a bit more space and then you're a bit clearer for the day ahead everything else seems to be much more manageable for you. Yeah. get That that getting up early particularly is, has been, yeah, it, it covers so many areas. I'm just, I'm a different person. I'm a different person when I, when I do it properly. I can get it, I can get a bit moody if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, when I get up at five, I'm in a pretty good mood or even 5.30, but between 5.30 and 6.30, I don't know. There's something that happens there that I'm, not the best version of myself and I it just doesn't quite work and so it's interesting to notice for different people what times work for you and what doesn't and I also know that for me just from my experience when I give myself a sleep in I always feel rubbish afterwards it's kind of like that one more episode of the series you just don't need it yeah 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 totally agree like sometimes it is needed yeah we do need a sleep in but oh it's just, yeah, you just don't feel the same. It's, I, I don't know what, why exactly that is, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the other thing is that I, I want to mention about, say, particularly about getting up early or, uh, or just yeah, connecting to that kind of, that kind of thing, which is the opposite of who I, I guess, who I used to be. Even though when I was a tradie, I'd get up early and, and that kind of stuff, but I never really connected to the getting up early. I, to be honest, I was, I was someone who loved sleeping as much as what they, much as what I could. And and then when things sometimes when things weren't going that well, and I'd get tired and I would get I guess feelings of depression. My my go to thing was to sleep. So to really help start to start get get out of those feelings was getting up early was has been great. So it's basically the opposite of how I used to be, like where I used to love sleep as almost as a, escapism for certain things, like when either uh, anxiety or depression got got a bit high. Or feelings of depression, sorry, uh, got a bit high. Uh, yeah, I think the opposite of that now was has been fantastic. Like, don't don't get me wrong. It's sometimes it, it still comes in, and I'll still want to sleep, and it's still my go to thing for escapism and and that kind of stuff, or just to think through things. But it's it happens very rarely, very rarely now. So I think there's something really important on the opposite side of how I used to feel, and I think other people could experience the same kind of thing. It doesn't have to be exactly getting up early. It could be Whatever it is, it's uh, yeah. There's something really important about that on what was on the other side for me. 
I'm so glad that you found something that really works for you and then you've got the commitment to keep doing it day in and day out. And, yeah, we're all human. There'll be times that you don't get up. You know, that's just a part of it. But I'm really curious to know, if you could take yourself back to the Jamie that was at school, mm-hmm. what advice would you give that Jamie? If you could just tap him on the shoulder, what would you tell him? This is a really good question. It's an, it's, it's an interesting one, first of all, that no matter what advice I was given back in the day, I wouldn't have listened to it. I just wouldn't have listened to it. But the advice, if I was to listen to it, would be basically, you're okay. Like you're, you're, who you are is okay. It's, it's all good. Knowing what I know about myself back then now, like looking back then, I, like I thought I was broken. I thought I was defective. I thought I was worthless. So trying to help with that could have set me on a different path. So just go basically to, just to let myself know you're all right. Who you are is, is fine. It's just keep working on yourself. It's all good though. That's what I would, I guess I'd, I'd say to myself. Oh, I think that is such a beautiful message for everybody listening that you're good, you're okay, you're enough. And what is it like for you now when you work with young people that have those moments every now and then where they see themselves differently for the first time? I feel really fortunate to be able to be in that space with them. And, like, I've had many experiences, particularly in the last couple of years, I've, I've had a real kind of growth with my experience with what I do and the way that I do it. So I think I've gotten better at what I do. Being able to be with young people, particularly in that time where I could be in a, I could be in a room um, or in a space with them where they just say they could be really up, they could be upset, they could be crying, boys or girls, even with me, boys, just let them know it's all right, just let it out. It's all, it's like no matter how you're feeling right now, I don't care whether you're angry, I don't care whether you're sad, it doesn't just, just let it out. And to be able to be with them, I guess, in that space uh, and let them know it's okay, I feel like super fortunate. I guess probably that would be probably the type of person that I would not wish that I had, but I probably could have benefited from having from having back in the day. That kind of person, just let it out. How are you feeling? However you're feeling, just let it out. I feel really fortunate to be able to do that with people, particularly with boys. This might sound a bit odd, particularly with boys when they're, when they're crying and not because they're sad, but because they're letting it out and they're, they're, we're letting, I'm letting them know that it's all right to let it out. And it, to be honest, it's actually better for them to let it out. So you sit down here and we can, you know, you can cry for five minutes, cry for 10 minutes, cry for as long as you want, but you, you're going to feel better after that. And you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be conscious about it. Do whatever you got to do. And then we'll, we'll chat it out afterwards. It's, I feel really cool to be in that position. Oh, and that makes my heart sing to think about what would our school systems be like? What would our staff rooms be like if we all had just 5% more permission to feel our feelings and not be judged by it, just feel it. And that's, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the example for men to to cry, I think, permission to cry, permission to be upset, and also for women, permission to be angry, permission to rock the boat, you know, permission to not be happy about something and permission to be human and to feel. And I really think that our schools and our community as a whole is getting closer to this point where we can understand that, emotions are fluid they come and go and they're not going to consume us just let them be we're feeling those for a reason how we're feeling is exactly how we're supposed to be feeling we need to we need to go with it but maybe we we can recognize that feeling whether it's sadness anger shame guilt whatever it is when you can kind of feel it and become more aware of it i think it's it's really important 
mainly because when you become aware of how you're feeling, you, it kind of, I think it enables you to be able to step back and you go, oh, I'm feeling angry. When you can st- step back, like notice how you're feeling, that can put you in that other part of your brain. So you're not just in that emotional state of your brain where you're reactionary, you get to that more prefrontal cortex part of your brain where you're, you've got still have that rational thinking and the problem solving. So you're still feeling the emotion, but it's not the controller. Yes, and that is such a powerful lesson to be able to feel angry and not so much have that story that I'm an angry person. I'm just an angry person, you know. To, and I am feeling angry. There's a reason for this. And also, you know, thinking about where's the hurt here? You know, what am I trying to cover up? Because I know for a lot of the young boys that I've worked with over the journey, the anger is what we see, but it's not always what's the story underneath. Yeah, and I think particularly for young, <clears throat> particularly for young people, whether it's young young men, young um, young females, look doesn't doesn't matter who you are. Okay, but even even adults as well. But particularly with young people, anger is the go to uh, because it's it's like it's a it's a great releaser of how we're feeling, but it's not the fixer. Uh, but I think maybe yeah, as I said, adults as well. Um, we, if you're not really conscious, you, you just get angry and you think, oh, well, that's, that's fixing how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm releasing it. One of the analogies that I've brought up for, uh, previously spoken about before on, on my podcast and on social media is with anger. Like, cause I used to be so angry, so angry. That was probably one of my go-to things is like as a coping mechanism. Cause when I get angry or when I got frustrated, something got fixed. Although it, like, it, it's not always positive to be angry because it's it puts a cap on how happy you are but it, it can be it can have a, a a powerful changing thing as well but my my analogy was that like so you've got a leaking tap in your sink in your kitchen sink and and you're you you know you put your bucket there it fills up and anger is you throwing out the bucket emptying the bucket but you're not actually fixing the leaking tap so what you can work on is fix the leaking tap Notice that you're getting angry, or you notice you're getting angry because you need you, you need to put the bucket there and empty it out so much. But then your anger makes you, helps you realize that you have a leaking a leaking tap. But unless you fix the tap, you're going to keep getting angry. And it's I guess it's fine to let out how you're feeling, but I mean, if you've been letting out how you're feeling over the same situation for say a number of years, I mean, come on, we need to need to actually fix that that leaking leaking tap. But anger is good, but we've got to work on the things that are actually making us angry. Yes, I absolutely love that analogy because for so many of us, that's what we have. We have this dripping tap and then we have this big release, but we're not dealing with the problem. It's probably just a really predictable cycle of big release and then recovery and then build up again and off we go again. And it's just so predictable and you see that time and time again. So to wrap up this conversation... I would love to invite you to finish four sentences. Are you up for it? Yeah, for sure. So I am inspired by. Wow. Okay. I'm inspired by, I guess, a number of different things, but I think my, like I, I, there's people on social media I'm I'm inspired by. I'm inspired by uh, my belief in myself as well. I'm inspired by that, what I, what I can do and what I can achieve. I'm inspired by what other people can do. I'm inspired by, you know, other psychologists and I want to be, want to be like them and that kind of stuff. People that work hard. I'm incredibly inspired by people that, that work hard. I'm like, Oh, I want to be like that. I want to get that much out of my day too. I'm inspired by that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. And when life feels hard. When life feels hard, I know I'm going through something that's valuable. I don't talk in in things like saying 
I have a hard day. Or no, I don't say I'm having a bad day. I'll say I might have a hard day or a hard time, but I don't have bad days. In every tough day or at every tough time, there's something to learn and I need to go through it. An underrated skill is? Ah, oh, listening. Definitely. Listening. <laughs> Definitely. Just get, you, sometimes you don't need to have to, you don't have to be talking to people. You can just be listening to them about what, you know, to, to help somebody is just listen. And I am looking forward to? Finishing my study. <laughs> Definitely finishing my study whenever that is. Jamie, thank you so much for being a guest on the School of Wellbeing podcast. I have learned so much from you. And the next time I walk into my kitchen, I'll stop and take a moment to think, how's my life going? You know, just to check in and could I make some tweaks? And if there are some tweaks, have the courage to go for it and make it happen. Well, thank you so much, Meg, for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a real honour too. I, like, I love being on other people's podcasts. So thank you so much for asking me to come on. It's been, been really cool. How inspiring is Jamie's story? I admire his zest, grit and commitment to bring out the best in himself and others. To learn more about Jamie's work in the world, visit themindtradie.com where you can listen to his podcast and sign up for one-on-one mindset coaching. Before you go, I would like to invite you to stop and take a moment to think about the two following questions. Number one, from this conversation, what is one thing you want to remember? What is your pearl? And number two, what is one action you can take in the next 24 hours to support your well-being? To keep in the loop with everything that I'm up to and what I'm loving, books, podcasts, shows, subscribe to the Thought of the Week email. If you're looking for a wellbeing speaker to speak at your next school, organization, or community event, reach out. I love to share wellbeing education that makes sense with a wide range of audiences. To support the show, please rate and review on iTunes and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. All the links from this episode will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening to another episode of the School of Wellbeing. This episode was proudly brought to you by Open Mind Education. Open Mind Education is committed to sharing well-being education that makes sense, that helps us all move forward despite the struggles we're facing. To learn more about Open Mind Education, go to the website www.openmindeducation.com. There you can sign up for our free five-step energy guide and join our vibrant Thought of the Week community. Thank you for listening to this episode and I cannot wait to learn more with you next week.